reaches to the lowest valley. It doesn't matter if you're climbing on the high mountains or if you're swimming in the valley of despair. God is there. Amen. Amen. Come on. Give me praise this house. Woo. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Can you just turn to somebody and say, the Lord is good. And he's good to me too. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. I just love the Lord. Love knowing that I serve the great King of kings and Lord of lords. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Isaiah chapter 6. In the year King Uzziah died. Since I don't have my glasses, I'll just have to quote it. I saw the Lord. <laughs> In the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seating, sitting, seated on his throne. Come on, somebody. I saw the Lord high lifted up. Seated on his throne, what's it say? Lofty and high, and his train filled the temple. Man, what a joy it would be to recognize the throne of God in our lives. I mean, if I was to preach specifically through this passage, I would talk about what it means to be exalted, to be high and lifted up. I'll talk about the fact that his train filled the temple. But this morning, I want to share a few moments on thrones. On thrones. You know, I, I was, uh, as a younger man, as I was praying and seeking God, I, I got saved at the age of 16, turned my life over to Jesus. But I can't say that since that day, I have been perfect. How many, how many of you guys are perfect? I need to talk to you after church because I need to know, understand some things. <laughs> but I have recognized that over the years, I have faced some trials. I have had emotional battles. I have had struggles. I remember one specific night as I was praying and it was a group of us praying that I felt the presence of the Lord come in so strong. And, and I, it was like an epiphany, like this moment where I see the Lord high and lifted up. And, and what I saw was, was what I was hoping to see, let me say it this way, was the Lord sitting on His throne. But instead of seeing the Lord sitting on His throne, I saw a bunch of other things sitting on the throne. And it, it, it started to help me realize that what I had done is I had allowed people, I had allowed situations, I had allowed things to come into my life, and I had placed them on the throne of God, and those things were more important to me than God Himself. Because those were the things that were dictating. Those were the things that were, that were guiding me. I was running from certain people. I was running from a past and all along, God was saying, I want to be on the throne of your heart. Amen? 
And so I recognized that, that, that there was something going on in my life. And to my shock, when I saw that God was not on the throne, it, it broke me. It opened my eyes. I remember a story of, of Barbara Yoder. She wrote, uh, she wrote the book, The Breaker Anointing. And she shares a story of her having a, a similar epiphany in her life where, where she was praising God and all of a sudden this, this image of her mother on the throne instead of God. And due to her mother passing away at a very young, at, at her, at a very young age for her, it was an, an emotional trauma. And she struggled with that because she loved her mother so dearly and so compassionately. And she, she wanted to have her mother alongside of her all the time. She missed that nurturing and that caring of a mother. Her mother would never be at her graduation. Her mother would never be at her wedding. Her no, mother would never meet her children. And so the pain of all of that, in this moment, she realized that it was not God on the throne, but it was the lack of her mother. And so she had placed her mother even before God, even though her mother was dead. And I think at times that we place things in front of God and it becomes a conflict. But let me tell you that once you identify that there are things that you have set above the throne of God, when you allow God to sit back on the throne, He begins to give a, a shifting of the atmosphere. Everything begins to change. Everything be begins to open up. And there's a freedom that takes place. Amen? And so, when I, when I grasp this, I, I'm confronted with the truth that, that I have to dethrone some things. There's things even today that we allow to slip in. Come on, somebody. Y'all know what I'm talking about? We, we, we may not say, well, I'm going to enthrone this in my life, but, but in reality, we allow things to slip in over time, whether it be because of a, a, a hurt or a brokenness or, or something happening. We allow those things to creep in and slowly uh, uh, get onto that throne in our heart. And, and there comes a confrontation. How I many know that there's a, it's a confrontation that we have to have? Right? Amen. I don't know about you, but I, I, I want to know that I know that the King of Glory is sitting in His rightful place on the throne of God in my heart. Amen. So in doing that, I want us to understand a little bit about thrones. Breakthrough always requires toppling or defeating some type of governing power, something that we call a throne or a seat of authority in our life. We, we have to topple that. We have to break it down. That throne might be a person. It might be a mindset, right? Uh, it, it, a mindset of, well, this is the way it's always been, so this is the way it's got to be. Sometimes that mindset has to be toppled in order to allow God to say, He can do a new thing in me. He can do a, do a new thing around me. But there's many other things that might set, them th set themselves up as an authority in our life. It could, be, it could be an actual God. It could be a set of personality traits. It could be a job. It could be money. Whatever it is that we allow to have its seat in our throne comes in conflict with the perfect will and plan of God and it has to be destroyed. Amen. Amen. So when I look at thrones, their ruling structures or seat of authority, those, they govern. They govern our, our personal thoughts. They govern our emotions. They govern our decisions. They govern... Uh, the access to God, if you will. And so the, this is, a, is always true, and obviously, obviously it's true in our identity, but it normally, thrones normally 
go along with our personal identity. I mean, when I think of, when I think of the, you know, we, we talk about people from New York. How many from New York in here? Good. Those of you who are watching on those of you who are watching online. I know you're watching from Virginia and I know you're watching from South Carolina, but you're not in New York. But isn't that unique though? We we get a mindset. I mean, just me saying New York, we automatically have a mindset of what New Yorkers are like. We we of course, you know, most most of us good southern folk, we don't even know what New York's like. We think of New York and we think of New York City, right? We don't know of the beautiful mountains and all of the countrysides of New York and how beautiful the, that countryside is. But we think of New York, we think sometimes of liberalism and, and we think of uh, hard-nosed ways. And, but you know, the same as when you think of California. You can think of California and I've heard many of our, our southern Tennessee folks say, I just wish that, that, that one state would just fall off into the ocean. That one state causes so many problems for our country. I mean, I've heard these things, right? Some of you might have even said some of those things, right? <laughs> but to think of California, that the, that the whole northern part is probably a very conservative area, um, and probably has more mentality than uh, of what we have. But then there's that one Bay Area, you know, that seems to just rule the whole state. And, and once again, we think of liberalism. We think of people who are uh, uh, straying from what God's Word has stated and, and all those things. Thrones. You know, it's like when you think of thrones, they can be personal. They could be territorial. They could be... Uh, city-wide thrones. They could be state. They could be national. And, 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 and to understand that even the mentality, when you think of a throne, for example, communism is a, an identity marker for so many people because communism, when it comes into an area, it, it literally tells people what they should think and how they should work and what they'll have and what all that stuff. And so it's an identi identity markers. I'm not, look, I hope you all understand, I'm not talking about politics. I'm not talking about any of that stuff. I'm just talking about thrones that we allow in our life. All thrones are linked some way to personal identity. Look, godly thrones will propel us forward into a God-given identity and then ungodly thrones will lead us and away from God and will thwart the, uh, the efforts of drawing near to God. And So we need to understand the importance of thrones in our lives and what they look like. Because when you look at Psalms 139, it, it, it basically talks about we were created by God. We're the workmanship of His hands. We're the tapestry that God created. It was an identity marker. How many understand when you are created by God, when you grasp the hold of the identifying marker that God Himself, the fingers of God, have touched the very fibers of your soul, that you are His and He has created you for purpose and He has a plan for every single one of us. Doesn't that give you something solid to stand on? Amen. 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 But the, the, there's a factor that we have to understand. We have to fully submit to the plan of God. We have to fully submit to 
what His will and His purpose for our life really is. Without the knowledge of God, we become puppets of whatever is most powerful in our life. Ouch. Right? Because if we don't have God as the very fiber, then anything else that comes in that, has, that we've given authority then becomes the, the factor that drives us. It, we're like a puppet on a string to whatever happens around us because we have not allowed God His full place enthroned in our life. So the question is, what, which throne rules you? Ouch. Jesus, help us, right? What thrones rule us? The, the vulnerable or wounded places in us will be influenced by whichever throne rules you. The vulnerable or wounded places in us will be influenced by whichever throne rules in our life. God help us. God help us. How many of you understand thrones mean thrones are places... Of authority once again. Rulers sit on thrones, right? They direct, they set up principles or beliefs. They govern conduct and they give orders and regulate as a kingdom would have it to be, right? And so I want us to look at three specific characteristics of thrones. One is territorial. Thrones cover, right? If, if you look a, a, a territory, a throne covers a, a type of territory. It's a covering. Thorn, thrones have the ability to conceal, to hide us in its shelter. I mean, I want to be under the shelter of the Almighty, right? And so it, it has an ability to conceal us. It has the ability to clothe us. It gives us an identity. And in old, in old times, we saw that from the kingdom, there were different levels of beings uh, in that kingdom that had different types of clothes that identified who they were in the kingdom. So the kingdom not only conceals us, but it also clothes us with identity and also it hides us in the secret place. Because we know that when we're in Christ Jesus, we are kept by Him. I mean, you can look at even Job chapter 1 verse 10 says, Have you not made a hedge around Him, around His household, around all that He has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands and his possessions have increased in the land. What's, what's it saying? Satan has come to God and said, Look, the only reason that he loves you, the only reason that he has anything to do with, with you, God, is because you've protected him. You have enthroned yourself in his life. You've kept him from any kind of harm. You've blessed him. You've poured out uh, abundance on him. You have clothed him in victory. And that is the reason that he loves you. Mm -hmm. I mean, Isaiah 5, as Isaiah chapter 4, verse 5 through 6 in the Amplified Version says this, Then the Lord will create over the entire city of Mount Zion and over her assemblies a cloud by day, a smoke, and the brightness of a flaming fire by night. For over all the glory and brilliance will be a canopy, a defense, a covering of His divine love and protection. And there will be a pavilion for a shade from the heat of the days, and a refuge and a shelter from the storms and the rains. Aren't you glad that when you are under the throne of God, there's a concealing, there's a covering, there's a clothing. It is the authority of God over over our lives. Amen. Amen. But it's also expansive. 
Because when you think of the throne of God, anytime there's a throne, it fills up a place. I love when it says, and the, ro- and the train of his robe fills. Come on, somebody. It fills the heart. It fills our lives. God uses thrones instead of any other types of authority that we bow down to to fill the very voids of our lives, to enter in and to grow in us. When we respond to God's seat of authority, we are saying, God, I want you to push out everything that hinders me. Push out everything that would keep me from drawing near to you. Set your throne room in the fullness of the temple. When I look at Revelation that we finished studying, I understand that that new Jerusalem coming down has no temple because the temple is all that it is. It is filled. We are enormous and God fills the whole place. May He fill us up. Come on, somebody. Yes, Jesus. It is omnipotent. I mean, thrones overpower. They engulf. They overthrow. They crush. They annihilate. Whatever stands against them, wherever God's throne is, it is ruling out of righteousness. It is ruling out of love. It is ruling out of mercy. And when it comes in, and it annihilates the negative forms that have entertained in your life. It doesn't annihilate the person, but it annihilates every evil throne that's in its way. God, let your power flow. Let your power and anointing flow through us and through our least faith in the throne of God and through the realm of God and to God's plan and His presence. God begins to devour and devastate everything that hinders us. Your way in every single one of us. Have your way, Jesus. I mean, when you think about it, in this very way, we carry about the mission of Jesus Christ. I mean... It says this in in 1 John 3 and 8. It says, For this purpose the Son of God was manifested that He might destroy the works of the devil. Y'all need to hear that again. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested that He might destroy the works of the devil. God, manifest yourself in my life. God, manifest yourself in my situation. God, manifest yourself in my children. God, manifest yourself in everything that might hinder in Jesus' name. Break the works of the enemy. Break the chains. Break the curse. Let your love, let your light shine in us in Jesus' name. Amen, 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 amen. So we see these characteristics, but we also have to understand there was a purpose of these thrones. And, and this is where we start to bite our fingernails a little bit. Got plenty of time. Because the purpose of throne is to judge. Don't you judge me. You've never said that. Never. No. <laughs> but many passages, as I was talking to Derek this morning, there's many scriptures that talks about thrones all types of thrones that were in the but there's many passages of scripture that clarify the purpose of thrones and for example we see in psalms 122 verse 5 it says david wrote this he said for thrones are set there for judgment the thrones of the house of david and and, and then he goes on and he he follows with psalms 9 7 through 10 says but the lord abides forever he established his throne for judgment and he will judge the world in righteousness. He will execute judgment for the people. The Lord also will be a strong, 
a stronghold for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. And those who know your name will put their trust in you. For you, O oh Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. Wow. We can go on and we can look at even Isaiah chapter 16, verse 5. It says, A throne will be, a, uh, I'm sorry, a throne will even be established in loving kindness and mercy. And a judge will sit on it in faithfulness in the tent of David. Moreover, he will seek justice and, and be prompt in righteousness. I love the way the, the Message Bible puts this scripture. I, I want to read that for you. It says, A new government of love will be established in the venerable David tradition. A ruler you can depend upon will head this government. A ruler passionate for judge, justice. A ruler quick to set things right. You know, when you think of a judge, you think of someone who measures or evaluates something, heads of government or seats of authority. They weigh a matter. They, they look at the material between that. They weigh the matter out. They look before they pronounce anything. They have, to, they have to look at all the materials. Then they pronounce judicial verdicts and sentences or decrees. And, and so basically those who stand before a judge are, are waiting for a sentence of either uh, punishment or vindication for whatever it is that they stand there for. Oh. <laughs> Hallelujah. When God brings us into his, his personal throne room, he brings us in there weighing uh, the fact, for example, when I, when I went and had this epiphany moment, it was the moment that I realized, God, I need you. He was weighing whether, the, whether I had an uncompromising love for him. He was weighing, am I will, is, is this guy going to be obedient to me? I mean, he was weighing those things out in my life. Judging also involves ordering things and, and governing them. And, and, and to think that, that judges control or direct or set a course. How many know that a person getting out of jail that stands before a judge, the judge has the right to direct their path, so to speak. You know what I'm saying? Uh, they can have a, a, a bond. They can, you know, they can go to a, a, a house for rehabilitation there's all types of direction that the judge gives them. And so when we stand before the judge, we're getting direction from God himself. He is setting a course in our life. Yes, he is. But you know, the fact is, is in order for the throne of God to be set up in our life, we have to be willing to submit ourselves to him. That's where the, the fact is, is that we have been given a free will, a volition of sorts. And, and though we will stand before a throne at the end of times and, and it will depend whether it's life or death, heaven or hell, we will have that moment. But every single day we choose to stand before the throne room of God and ask God to direct our paths. Ask God to weigh our lives. God, what do you want me to do? God, where do you, what do you want to be in my life? What do you need to take away from me? God, I want to serve you. So we allow God to order, to govern, to direct, to set course in our lives. He contends and defends us when we are completely surrendered to His Word and to His way. Amen. God, establish your ways. Is that your prayer? God, establish me in your ways. Look to somebody and say, God, establish you. The fact is, is that 
We live in a world where there's so many uh, seats of authority trying to pull us away from things. And so when we gra grasp a hold of the fact that we need to be established by God, it will mean a war will take place. When Amber got up here a few moments ago, she, she was declaring the fact that we made some declarations. We allowed God to set up his throne in our life. We buried the past. We are now living under the throne and, and under the guise of, of the King of kings and Lord of lords. And whatever the enemy bombards me with now, this means war. Paul said, I fight the good fight of faith. I don't know about you, but you've got to realize it's a fight. You can lay down wimpy if you want to, but I'm not going to allow the world to take over my faith, get in my way. I'm walking in the power and anointing and authority of God. I'm caring about the sword of the Spirit. Whatever wants to war, I'm going to war. Amen. My family, my children, my life is too important for me just to sit back and let the enemy set up his throne in my house, in my home. I am going to live for Jesus Christ. As Joshua said, as for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. Hallelujah. So when I look at that word, he set a throne, right? Set a throne. That's what the Psalms 122 said. He said, throne, I said, for one thing, David said, throne set for there for judgment. Set. What's the word set mean? Well, the word set means to establish, to put in place. I want God to be put in place continually, enduring all the time in my life. I want him to be set in place. And, and, and knowing that when, when we allow the Lord to be set in place, it means that there's going to be a war between the throne of heaven and the throne of hell, right? Because when we, I mean, it gets me crazy when I hear these evangelists or these preachers and they talk about uh, fluffy Christianity and, and this uh, grace mentality. Look, I know there's grace. God gives me grace to fight every battle. But grace was not given to me to go live my own life the way I wanted to live it and then expect God to justify what I'm doing because that is not grace. God gives me the grace that when I set him as the authority of my life, when all hell breaks loose around me, I know that the king of glory is set on the throne of my life. And as, as one once said, as for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. I will live for Jesus Christ no matter what. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. You know, how do we set that? We set it through worship. I mean, know that worship changes the atmosphere in your life. I mean, when you look at David and he came into Saul's chambers and Saul was maniac, David would begin to sing and it would calm the presence. It would change the atmosphere. Let me tell you something. There's some things you're going through that you need to praise through. So go on, praise through your breakthrough. You've got to praise through those things. So I want God to set, be set in my life. But not only when I look at this word to, to set, it also means, implies an, an intimate relationship. Because when I set something, uh, it's kind of like when I get married. Come here, darling. I know, just, I know you're going to kill me. Uh, Thursday, I, I was in here, and it was just me and a few other people, and I had a wedding done in here. Isn't that awesome? 
I got a wedding next Saturday and a wedding the next Saturday. But see, when 24 years ago, that thing's held up pretty good for 24 years. 24 years ago, I set something in motion. I put this ring on her finger and said, till death do us part. I made a covenant with her that I would be with her for the rest of my life. Now, I'm not sure if she wants me to say that because she might want to get rid of me, kick me to the curb. But anyway, I set this in my life. We are together God's plan. And I set the kingdom of God up in our relationship. He's the king. And so that setting also means intimacy. I set this in motion. And I have a covenant relationship with my wife. And I'm so thankful that God has blessed me because I, I truly married outside of my league. She's pretty. Chris, I'm married for better or for worse. I couldn't do better and she couldn't do worse. <laughs> but thank God, right? So setting is to establish something. It's, it's to have an intimate covenant relationship. But also that word to set means to glue or to fix. I think too many times we walk around dislodged, if you know what I'm talking about, right? We walk around and we have never allowed God the glue it takes to truly be stuck in His presence. I don't know about you, but I want to get some Gorilla Glue. I want some Jesus Gorilla Glue. Right? I mean, too many of us are using that little white paper stuff that you that put on purple and turns white. You know what I'm talking about? And a few minutes later, you just tear that baby apart. It don't do anything. No wonder they use it in the schools. You got kids licking that stuff. Ooh, this is good. This is like a lollipop. We need some good glue of the Holy Ghost so that we can fix Him in our life, so we can set Him and establish Him. You know that, that kind of glue that when you throw down a ceramic piece and you glue it back together and you can shake it, you can beat it, and it won't, it won't do anything right? That's the kind of glue we need. Amen? I want to fix Jesus in my life. So, so stuck in Jesus that nothing can pull me away. That nothing can hinder me. That no matter what jars me. No matter what hits my life. I know that I know that I'm in the boat with Jesus. And wherever He goes, I'm going. Whatever He does, I'm doing. I want to know that I know I'm in Him. Amen. Amen. Come on, you better give Him play something for Woo! Just preach. Just preach. Thank you, Jesus. I want to know that I'm in Him. As believers, I see this passage in Psalms 94, verse 20. Psalmist said this, Shall the throne of iniquity, which devises evil by law, have fellowship with you? They gather together against the life of the righteous and condemn innocent blood. Look, there's some thrones that we've got to dislodge. There's some thrones that we have put some glue on that needs to be taken out. Thrones of iniquity that, that cause us 
turmoil. Thrones of the past that we've allowed to, to rule us. That we have allowed to dictate our lives. We walk in and, and our emotions are stirred and they're torn because of still living with, it, with thrones that have broken us in the past. Look, God's not a taskmaster. He's not walking around with a whip to say, Get it right, boy. Get it right, girl. He's not out there behind you ready to smack you in the head when you get it wrong. It's not who he is. He's there to allow you to set him in his life. And when you set that throne of God in your life, you're saying, Lord, I know that we are waging war on this earth. I know that we are here as the apostolic authority of God in this world. And though sin has conquered in many areas, your word tells me that where sin abounds, grace does abound much more. Your word tells me that you'll be with me to the end. Your word tells me I love it when Jesus looked at Peter and says, in Caesarea Philippi, he says, Who do you say that I am? Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. He said, Flesh and blood has not told you this, but my Father in heaven. Now, he didn't call him Peter at first. He said, Simon Barjona. Simon, son of Jonah. Who do you say that I am? But once that declaration is made, he set something in Peter's life that changed him forever. He set this word. He said, and you are Petras, which means rock. He said, you are now a rock. Look, somebody needs to get glued into Jesus today. You need to let the rock of Jesus Christ be set in your life. And understand that when you allow the rock of Jesus Christ, it's not, it's not that it's Peter that's, that God's going to build His church on. It is the established Word of God that He is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And when we allow the Word of God to be set in us, we become a rock to build the church on. No weapon forged against you shall prosper. The gates of hell cannot prevail because we have a, a word of God. We have an established throne of God, the authority of God territorially over our life. We begin to move in that, in, in that authority. We become ambassadors of the King of Kings and we knock down every gate of hell that might stand in our way. We go into blockades and we tear them down because we are the authority of God because He lives in us. I don't know what throne has been prevailing in your life. I don't know what you have set up. Look, I was, I was in my 20s. I was saved. I was preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. I loved God with all my heart. But Sally, 
I was in my 20s before this revelation came to me that I had allowed some thrones to be set up in my life that were ungodly. Were they bad things? Not all of them. But I had placed them above the knowledge and authority of God. And I had to dethrone those things in my life. This morning, I don't know what you're struggling with. I know that we've buried some things. But, you know, some people, we, I know we're church of God and we believe in sanctification, right? Y'all believe in sanctification? The only difference between us and the assembly of God as far as sanctification goes is we believe in a, an absol- a, a sanctification that can come instantaneously. And the assembly of God believes in a progressive sanctification. I always say I must be assembly of God and church of God. Because I believe it can happen both ways. There's some things that God has pulled from your life that He has sanctified you from. You've been healed. But you're, there's something deep inside of you that you know, whether it be a thorn in your flesh, so to speak, there's something still, still there that's tinging you. You're, you're struggling with it. You're fighting with it. I'm not saying you're not saved. I'm not saying you, you're, you're not living for Jesus. I'm just saying there's something still bothering you. And I want to see it dethroned. And I want to see God's throne set up in that place. Amen? If that's you this morning, would you join me right here to say to I'm just willing to say that this morning. Amen. 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 My hand's raised because I, I, I still want God to have full control of my life. Because I know, Paulette, I'm not perfect. I'm still allowing God to take things, to mold me, to shape me. I want to be completely enveloped by His presence. Amen? Those who, those who raise their hand, would you just stand where you are? Don't be embarrassed. This is, this is that moment. Come on. What I want to do is, I want some people right around those to put your hands on them right where they are. Can some, some folks just lay hands on them right where they are? How many know that it's not about the front of the church. It's not even about a place in the, in the church. It's about the presence of God, and He's right there where they are. Amen. Amen. Father, God, today we declare your glory in these right here, God. There's others who didn't even raise their hands, but Lord, they know in their heart they're stirred. In their heart, they're, they're still thinking. And today, I pray, God, that we will allow you to be the king of glory, not just on our Sunday mornings, not just in our spiritual world, but, Lord, that we would set you as an authority, as the seat of authority over our homes and over our lives. And, God, if there's anything that is hindering, if there's any throne, if there's anything that we have set up above the knowledge of God. I pray that today it will be cast down. I pray the day that, that we would 
annihilate that which is holding us back from you. Lord, enter in. Let your throne enter into our arena, God. And you begin to take the territory. You begin to bring victory in our lives. You begin to be omnipresent and omnipotent in those areas. God, break every curse, every chain. Lord, I pray, Lord, as if there's anything that we have allowed to, to flow through us, whether we're projecting those things to our children or projecting those things to a coworker that we have, that we have lived in our life and we're just vomiting these things out because we're so broken in the name of Jesus. Lord, heal our emotions. Heal our mentality. Heal our mindset. Heal, God, every part of our being, God. Let us be as you created us in Psalms 139, that you knit, you knitted us together. You have woven us as a tapestry, God. Lord, begin to weave us and keep on working on us. Lord, I recognize that we are unfinished product. And God, that we're on this, on this journey of life. We're facing hardships. We're facing trials. We're battling it out. But Lord, I pray through every battle, God, that we begin to let loose of the weight that so easily holds us back. And Lord, let us be completely surrendered to your plan, your will. Thank you, Jesus, for wholeness, for deliverance. Thank you, Jesus, that you are with us in this house. We love you, God. We praise you in Jesus' name. I don't know about you, but I just want to shout. Is that all right? Woo! <laughs> Freedom! 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Y'all need to do that one time. It just feels good. On the count of three, I just want you to let out a good yell. Is that all right? Just a woo! I mean, some of y'all did that yesterday to no avail. But today we got something victorious to be about, right? Y'all okay? So since you didn't get to yell yesterday, let's yell for Jesus today, all right? On the count of three. One, two, three. Yeah! Hallelujah! Woo! Hallelujah! 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 For some of you, I just felt like something got broke loose just then. Some of y'all had that Jericho moment right then. You, you just clamped and you just shouted and some walls started falling. I'm believing that for you. Amen? Amen. Let's be dismissed. Father, thank you, God, for this day. Lord, I pray that today with some seeds in, in the minds and hearts today that, that we will begin to be self-aware of things that are hindering us. And Lord, as we go home and, and we pray tonight, we open our word, I pray for a revelation in hearts and minds that you will begin to reveal thrones that have been set up in our lives. And Lord, one by one, I pray that you will begin to tackle and tear down every throne that is not of you and that your authority reigns in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
Amen. Hey, look around you. If you see somebody missing today, y'all know how to text. Text them today. Let them know you missed them. God bless you.